Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to another episode of Productive Nation Podcast. I am your host, Adam, and we have for you today a special guest. Our guest today is Sister Hafsa Adam. Hafsa is the founder of The Confident Muslimah. She is a confident coach, public speaker, and author who has years of experience in delivering talks, running workshops, and coaching women around the world. So I'm super excited about having this opportunity to talk to Sister Hafsa about her work. So stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum, sister, and welcome to the podcast. Wa alaikum salam, brother. Jazakallah khair for having me here today. It's a real honor. Jazakallah khair. It gives me a great pleasure to welcome you to the podcast. And it's been a long time coming, so I'm glad we, are, we had the opportunity to do it now. Yeah, alhamdulillah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, mashallah. So before I ask the backstory of the confident Muslimah, would you like mm-hmm. to share what got you interested in coaching in the first place? Um, what got me interested in coaching? I, I almost accidentally stumbled across coaching. Yeah. I say accidentally, but you know, everything is on the divine plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I was guided to be coached myself, uh, alhamdulillah. And as I was getting the coaching, I just realized that this, you know, when something innately feels like the right fit for you, mm. it just tapped um, into, it tapped, it just ticked so many boxes, you know, my passion to serve, um, just helping people to progress, to see the best in themselves, to, you know, it just, it just felt like such a good fit. And actually, I also felt like I'd been coaching for most of my adult life anyway, um, alhamdulillah, without even knowing. So it just felt like the right fit when I, when I came across it, it felt like the right fit. What do you, what do you mean by that coaching, coaching people without realizing so um, I've done various businesses before. I've also worked quite extensively with the community and I've always felt that people have come to me um, for help, for advice. And I've always been very sort of happy to, to go and help someone to see them do yeah. well, you know. So I, I just feel like that's something I'd been doing anyway, mm. um, even in the different businesses that I was doing, which weren't necessarily coaching related or you know, I would find myself in positions where I was helping people to, you know, work through or navigate through uh, any difficulties, challenges that they were having, even family, friends. Um, I always felt that I was re- I sort of looked back and I realized, you know what, I've actually been doing that quite a lot yeah. in my life. So it just, when I, when I came across it on a professional level, I just thought this is you know, this is definitely something that I would love to do. I, you know, I'm committed to bettering myself. I extensively research personal development from the Islamic perspective and the Western perspective, alhamdulillah, and definitely would love to share that with other people too, you know, whatever's worked for me, mm. you know, sharing that with others as well so they can benefit too, inshallah. Inshallah, and may Allah bless you about the work you do. And I, I actually yeah. have benefited a lot. Oh, alhamdulillah. By, by following you on Facebook. And... Oh, jazakallah khair. Likewise, brother. So the confident is, is fascinating concepts. Before we talk about the confidence, is the mm. story related to the confident Muslimah? Yes, so how is, it came about? Yeah, what's the backstory of? The backstory of the confident Muslimah, <laughs> subhanAllah. Um, 
I feel like I have to first acknowledge that it was only through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I was guided to where I was, where I am today. Mm. You know, uh, we, we always say hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back, you can connect the dots and sort of think, okay, yeah, because of that, this happened, this happened. But actually, you know, I feel like it's important for me to give shukr to Allah first, that it's all on his plan and things happen the way that he designed them to happen. It's all by design. Um, but looking back, you know, uh, I'll try not to go too back. Um, I had, uh, I, I made the decision for myself that I wouldn't work until my kids were all in full-time school. That was what I felt was right for me. But I always um, kept myself busy, you know, doing something or another, getting involved in the community and, and doing various things. But when my last child went into full-time school, I really felt myself at a complete loose end. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I didn't want to work in a job per se, because I think entrepreneurship is in my blood. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So I knew I wanted to run my own business, but I really didn't have a clue what to do. Mm. And a friend, uh, a lovely close friend of mine, actually gave me some golden words of advice. And she said to me, you know, just start, just do anything. And I wanted to share that because I think that's really important. Sometimes when we feel stuck, we get sort of caught up in the analysis paralysis phase where it's like we overthink, or oh, should I do this? Should I? And we want, you know, we're not, we sort of go into that thinking stage, whereas we should be in the testing phase. Phase. Let's just get out there, take action, do something. Yeah. And I really sort of took hold of that advice. And so I was looking for opportunities. And oh, it's a funny story, actually. I made a cake and I took it to a friend's house and they, I guess they liked it. And they said, why didn't you make, what, you know, why didn't you start a cake business? This yeah. is going back many, many years. And not that I'm a budding baker or I like baking or cooking even or, or anything like that. But I thought, okay, why not? You mm. know, on the back of that advice, let me just start. It's something. And alhamdulillah, I started that. Um, and I just started the next day. I just put out flyers. I just started letting my contacts know. When I do something, I like to do it very differently. I don't like to follow the trend. So I thought, how can I put my spin on it? And I guess for me, it was more the artistry side of cakes that I enjoyed than the baking. So yeah. it was the big structural cakes, you know, like I made big 3D masjids and motorbikes and castles and things like that. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was like a kid in a candy shop, you know, making yeah. my little, <laughs> you know, doing my, it was more sculpture, I would say. Um, but so I did it and Alhamdulillah grew and um, it was doing well, Shukr Alhamdulillah, but it didn't really fit for me inside because personally we've made the choice of not sort of celebrating our kids birthdays and so i would feel so guilty every time i would write happy birthday on a cake hmm. and because i wasn't doing the you know sort of festival cakes you know like easter christmas those kind of things you know if i didn't do birthdays i wouldn't have a business basically yeah. um for me i felt anyway at that time or i could have gone into the wedding industry but i didn't want to anyway so i closed that down and i just thought you know even though it's doing well I just, I, my values, it was going against my values. So I closed it down. I then opened a, an event consultancy business um, because I love events, the creativity, the dynamics of it, you know, all of that networking. And Alhamdulillah, shukr alhamdulillah, by the mercy of Allah, that grew very quickly. So in the space of a year, I was working with big name organizations, working with big budgets. And, but again, that, that balance on the inside just wasn't right, um, brother, because you know events is very much your you know especially to when you're working on an event it's 24 7 it's yeah. evenings it's weekends and 
I just felt the trade-off was not worth it. And so I probably made the hardest decision of my life and closed everything down and walked away and thought I'm going to have to reinvent myself again. <laughs> so people thought I was a bit crazy to do what I did, but I knew inside that my values and, and my integrity and my work-life balance was more important. So alhamdulillah I did that. And then that's when I... Uh, so just, to, yeah. just to clarify, everything was going well. The businesses were going well when you decided to walk away. I had five big offers on the table. So I had big budgets um, that I was about to work with. And um, I literally just felt, no, I, mm. you know, it was kind of like a, turn, a tipping point where I could go full in and, and then it would just get Allah Alam, but it, it could have got quite big. So I could have grown the team. I could have, but I just knew that the kind of work was required me to be heavily invested and it just wasn't worth the trade-off for me. Um, you know, sort of the family, uh, my kids, you know, just, I, I couldn't, Yes, the business was going well, but then it just wasn't worth the trade-off for me. Yeah. And so it was a really, really hard decision, really hard decision. But I, I basically closed every door and walked away. Alhamdulillah, shukra alhamdulillah, I'm so glad I did. <laughs> That's why sometimes, you know, we think it's a hard decision. We think it's hard. It's as we second guess ourselves, but it could be the best decision you're making. You know, really, we have to, I guess, pull on a lot of tawakko do what you feel is right, you know, do the right thing. And that's when I stumbled across coaching. Alhamdulillah, just fell in love with it, I guess. <laughs> and confidence is a big thing for me. Confidence, the reason why I went into confidence coaching is because growing up, I would say I had a very, very challenging childhood, very difficult. And so my confidence was pretty much on the floor, I would say, um, which surprises a lot of people because, you know, I guess on the outside, people saw someone who they thought was very confident, who was an action taker, who was quite vocal, you know, quite um, extroverted. But on the inside, I know the amount of self-doubt, the judgments, the fear, all of that, that would just constantly go around in my head. One of the biggest things that I had a phobia of was public speaking, mm. like a real phobia, like it was the monster in my head. Yeah. It was um, my biggest nemesis. And because of the event, business I had to do um sort of sometimes stand on stage I had to and it was honestly torturous every single time because I would have physical symptoms of my phobia you know I would physically shake I, I was so nervous mm. and I remember distinctly thinking to myself one day almost laughing at myself saying if I could get over this I you know if I could just stand up and speak without that fear being there then I would, uh, I would stand on the rooftops and I would shout to everybody, listen, if I can do this, which felt impossible at that time, yeah. then anyone can do anything. Anyone can do, and I really felt that. And alhamdulillah, it was something that I worked really hard on. And alhamdulillah, you know, I, I, I'm a public speaker today, subhanAllah. Would you believe um, that? Like one day you would be as public never. speaker? Yeah. Never in a million. SubhanAllah, I've just been invited to speak at an event to a thousand people. Uh, and and that thought would have well probably sent me six feet under <laughs> no way yeah. but you know i can i because of the strategies i've learned to develop and you know i understand that fear will always be there alhamdulillah i can embrace it with actually you know excitement and joy and and look forward to it alhamdulillah so confidence is a very authentic place that i feel i can come from
So again, it felt like a natural fit for me to go into confidence coaching because I have invested and I still invest a lot of time on developing yeah. my confidence. Yeah. Because it's something you have to, yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to ask, how would you define confidence? I guess confidence is an umbrella term for a lot of things. Um, I do feel there's a lot of misconceptions around confidence. You know, people think that if you're very loud, if you're assertive, if you're very hard, if you're, you know, typically this is broad stroking a bit, but, you know, if you're domineering, if you're, you know, argumentative, that these are all signs of confidence. Mm. But in doing my work and my experience, I actually think a lot of the time people who express this in this way are masking a deeper insecurity. And actually it comes from a place of insecurity. For me, confidence is really there's two, two parts to confidence. You've got situational confidence, which is, you know, uh, sort of externally how you, you know, what you do. So, for example, if you asked me to ride a bike, I'd confidently jump on that bike and, and ride that bike. Yeah. If you asked me to ride a unicycle, I might give it a go, but I wouldn't feel as confident. Yeah. So, you know, that's situational confidence. But the other part of confidence, which is the more important part of confidence, I feel, is the inner real self-confidence. And this is what I work with my clients on. And I don't, I don't believe that you either have confidence or you don't. Confidence is almost like a byproduct of doing the deeper inner work. It's something that you generate. It's not something that you have. And, you know, it's by raising your self-awareness. Really, it comes down to self-acceptance. Being okay with yourself. Accepting yourself as who you are. And really, alhamdulillah, we're so fortunate in Islam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has elevated us, you know, in so many ways that if we even begin just by that, looking at how Allah speaks of us, you know, he created us as the best of creation, mm. um, you know, he, how he molded us, how he chose us to be Muslims, subhanAllah, and, you know, how he's elevated us, you know, that in itself generates a lot of confidence if we really gravitate towards that. But also just you know, seeing that we're human, it's okay to have weaknesses. In fact, that's part of our charm, you know, yeah. to have weaknesses. And I feel like a lot of it comes down to our identity, um, you know, how we see ourselves, and accepting what we see as ourselves, and forming our identity on who we are and not what we do. Because a lot of the times we're on that surface kind of, you know, um, pilot mode, reactionary, way of living and if things go well in terms of what we do that's great because we're on scout um, on cloud nine you know we we feel like we're on top of the world but if things don't go well if we've based our identity on what we're doing the external results of things which a lot of us do then our confidence goes right down you know so it's really getting a good understanding of the essence of who you are at your core and accepting that because then you bring that to every situation irrelevant of the outcome your confidence can still be intact you know and your confidence can still you can still be confident in who you are mm. and actually just approach it with a learning mindset and think okay what did i learn from this how can i grow from this but that, that's you know what i would say confidence is in a nutshell yeah and you know i want to take you back to the misconceptions mm. i have come across that for example shyness is linked to a lack of confidence. What do you think about mm. that? Is that a misconception as well? 
I think so, brother. I think it's, you know, obviously it's, it's based on the individual and the intentions behind it. So if a person is naturally introverted, they can still be super confident. Yeah. If, if, they, if they don't, you know, feel the need to be constantly talking, engaging, socializing out there, putting themselves in every scenario, because that's just not their preference and they're comfortable with that, that could come across as shyness, yeah. but they're just confident in who they are. If a person withdraws from a situation because they're scared or they fear judgment or because they're worried about how they might look or will it go well, they're scared of you know, failing, um, then I would say that's probably li- linked to a confidence issue. When you start thinking about what others yes. really think about you. Yes, yeah. yeah. One of the most amazing things about really raising your self-awareness and developing that confidence is not that we don't care about what other people think, but we don't live in fear of it anymore. You're not in your head. You're just authentically showing up as yourself. And everything's a lesson. Everything's learning. Everything's an opportunity to grow. Yeah. So we should care about what other people are saying, but we shouldn't fear. Did I hear that right? Uh, absolutely. We should. I mean, we should want to create, you know, this is also part of emotional intelligence as well. You know, to, to go beyond the self. We can't be yeah. all about ourselves. To go beyond yeah. the self and think, okay, how are my actions impacting the person in front of me? Am I understanding the person in front of me? You know, how am I impacting that person? You know, this is, we have to care about that. If we didn't, yeah. then we'd just be, you know, selfish individuals or self-centered individuals just thinking about ourselves. But there's a distinction between caring and understanding about the other person and fearing and worrying about the judgments and, and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, alhamdulillah, I have learned through my journey that uh, confidence is really accepting who you are, like you said. And even as a shy person, I can now see there's no link between lack of confidence and being shy because shyness is that your personality. And even Prophet was shy in certain situations. Yeah. So it's okay. And another misconception I personally had was if I step up and act to be a confident, I might be arrogant or I might let the ego loose. So what do you think about arrogance and confidence? I don't believe the two go hand in hand, subhanAllah, because, you know, arrogance we know is not part of our Dean and you know arrogance is what shaitan you know uh, showed to adam salam, which is why he was you know destined for jahannam so it's not a trait yeah. that we want to exhibit in ourselves at all yeah. and arrogance very often you you know arrogance although it may be perceived as confidence again you know feeling like i know best feeling like i have all the answers feeling like i it's my way or the highway feeling like you know uh, i don't need to listen to anyone else Yeah. actually is a bit cowardly in my opinion mm. um, and it requires courage to be able to entertain another person's thought and still feel confident in yourself yeah you know and arrogance is uh, you know confidence everything comes with boundaries everything in life everything we do in islam you know we're told everything is the best way is the balanced and moderate way and so we can be confident but if it's confidence with humility You know, because here's, here's the real, here's the, the truth of it all, is we own nothing. We own absolutely nothing. If I'm confident about something that 
I have, say for example, if I'm, let's just say, if I'm uh, good at communicating, let's just say, right? Yeah. That's not, that didn't come from me. I have to acknowledge that did not come from me. This is on loan to me from Allah. And Allah can take mm. it away at any point in time. But I can recognize it. I can acknowledge it. I can claim it so I can use it. So I can yeah. do, okay, I've got this the resource within me given to me by Allah. How can I, I, can, I first show gratitude for it. How can I use it to do good in this world, to create goodness? And you come from the lowest point of humility, but with confidence, if that makes sense. It does, it does. So, so uh, what are your go-to tips for building confidence? Because, uh, shall I say building confidence? Because listening to you, you mentioned that we all have within us a confidence and there's a situational confidence and the inner self, Absolutely. the real inner self. So do you yeah. believe in a building confidence or is it like embracing confidence? I, I would say that I truly in my heart believe that every single person has the ability to show up with confidence. And I believe that's part of our natural fitra because everything we need is in our deen. Yeah. And really uh, confidence is something you generate, um, but it's something that Allah has gifted every single person on this earth, you know, the ability to have. Um, and I always say that the bedrock of confidence is tawakkul. I, oh. I really believe that. The bedrock of confidence is tawakkul. And the way I see tawakkul is that, you know, it, it, when we are feeling low self-esteem or when we're feeling underconfident, it's, it's that need to control the outcome. It's that fear of the outcome. It's the fear of what's going to happen. It's all these things, right? How are people going to see us? But tawakkul is really about, and I heard this from a good friend of mine recently, this term, and I love it you know, in describing tawakkul, it's about free falling. It's about letting go, doing your best, putting your ihsan into whatever you're doing and then yeah. free falling and knowing that Allah will catch you. Allah will catch you in the way that you're supposed to be caught and the situation will transpire in the way that it's supposed to transpire. Mm. There's a beautiful uh, quote by Ibn al-Qayyum, rahimullah. Uh, he said, be sincere in your aim and you will find the support of Allah surrounding you. If we really, really embrace that and think, you know, whatever I bring to the table here is not the only thing at play. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power and might, which is beyond even words can describe, is surrounding me and there with me. He is Al-Fatah, the one who opens, you know, then it automatically just raises our confidence. So I always say that developing our tawakkul is the first you know, point of action when wanting to develop confidence or, or generate confidence. Um, I would also say invest in your relationship with yourself. You know, it's the longest one you're going to have. How <laughs> do you do that? <laughs> how do you do that? Well, yeah. I think, you know, it's through doing a lot of deep inner work. Um, it's, it's also managing that self-talk. A lot of it is managing that self-talk. A lot of it is understanding where that talk came from in the first place and the limiting beliefs that might be there and, you know, finding and accepting the best parts of yourself. We're so focused on what we lack and what we don't have and what we want to have. You know, one of the hard, with my clients and I, you know, alhamdulillah, I've been fortunate to work with hundreds. And the one question that gets them stuck every time is, tell me five things, five qualities that Allah's blessed you with. And they really struggle. And some of them even break down crying because they're like, I can't believe that I don't have any. 
And I say, no, it's not that you don't have any. It's just you haven't given yourself the chance to explore what they are. I consider it treasure hunting. I love this work because I really do consider it treasure hunting because it's all there. It's all within them. It's just they've been focused. All their energy has been channeled on what's not working. Um, And so this is really about going back in and really extracting the best parts of yourself and managing that that self-talk, that negative self-talk, because that's quite destructive. I would say also acknowledging your wins because uh, it's this collective small wins that creates the biggest, the bigger wins later on, right? But if we're too busy looking out into the horizon at this moving goalpost of where we think we should be, we tend to overlook the, the things that we're already achieving. And that just creates a low sort of negative energy on the inside. So I think it's really important to look back and really take the time to think about, okay, what have, what have I achieved? And don't take away from it. Even if it's the smallest thing, celebrate it and say, alhamdulillah, I was able to do that. Because that just generates a far more positive energy and actually will push you further than anything else. Yeah, and that's, that's so fascinating because when it comes to celebrating wins, we tend to minimize our wins and we tend exactly. to focus on the things that's not going well. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And it's so, actually, if you think about it, it's so unkind. It's so unkind. I had a client the other day, I was talking to her and as she was telling me the things that she's done, she's almost laughing at herself. Yeah. So, you know, saying, oh, I did this. Oh, how silly is that? You know, I did that. Oh, that was ridiculous. Oh. And, I, and I had to stop her and I said, do you realize what you're doing? You know, you're just, you're extracting every bit of goodness from the things that you're doing. Would you ever do that to someone in front of you? If someone came to you and they, even a total stranger came to you and said, I did this and I did that, would you turn around and say, oh, well, that's ridiculous. Oh, well, that's rubbish. No, you know? we, don't, we don't do that to other people. <laughs> we wouldn't. So why would we do it to ourselves, really? This is all part of self-care and self-love and, you know, from a very kind, nurturing place. Um, and, you know, actually one of the, one of the things that I, I really believe in and work with my clients on and actively try to do my best as well is nurture the traits that we've been told to nurture in our heart and i really believe that when we do this generates uh, a very high level of confidence um things like compassion mercy and gratitude um because it takes courage to be that forgiven person sometimes it takes courage to see past the nasty delivery of someone and take the message with a compassionate learning mindset, takes courage to rise above a situation and not become reactionary and sort of do that whole chain reaction thing of, you know, he said, she said, she said, and sort of, you know, yeah. uh, so many conflicts and problems arise from that. And our self-esteem just, you know, can, can go down very quickly yeah. because of it. So I, I really believe that, you know, nurturing these traits drops the ego, takes courage and courage always generates confidence. Courage always generates confidence. Yeah. MashaAllah, that's a good quote. <laughs> and another quote I came across was uh, by a football coach. I don't remember his name. He said, confidence is contagious. So stick around with confident people. Uh, you know, absolutely. Because, you know, when there's real confidence there, I think it makes the person a much nicer person. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about the real confidence as we've been discussing. You know, the ability to see, to go beyond the self, to 
have good EQ, to, to genuinely be invested in other people, to be interested in other people, you know, because part of confidence is self-acceptance, but it's also social interaction. Yeah. You know, how you manage yourself in social interactions. Is it all about me? Do I walk into a room and I'm just like, hey, I'm here, everyone, you know, me, me, me kind of thing. Or am I like, hey, you know, it's nice to meet you and, and why are you and be interested in them. Mm. You know, uh, I would want to I would want to be around someone like that, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So let's go back to your work. And what are the common challenges you have faced while coaching other people? Um, I think some of the biggest challenges have been, um, I would say getting people to realize that they're worth it. <laughs> Sounds cliched, but you know, people are very willing to invest in materialistic things in, you know, other, even other people, even, even their families, their kids, their husbands, their, you know, wives, their, you know, um, but getting them to really see that you are important and you do matter. I, I would say that's part of the work and part of the process and it's a very rewarding process, but it can be challenging yeah. at times because people are stuck and, they, you know, um, and they're not willing to go there. They're not willing to prioritize themselves. I would say one of the other challenges in business has been working in the Muslim space because I initially was working in the non-Muslim space. Well, I just hadn't defined it Muslim or non-Muslim. And I, I then, you know, after about a year, decided to niche it within the Muslim space because I wanted to work with my with our ummah to help our ummah be the best ummah that they can be. And I think seeing some of the practices um, in the Muslim business space was really challenging because you were going to say something? No, I, I thought like, you, do you want to shed light upon on that issue? Uh, very, so very briefly, I mean, I think, you know, traditionally Islam was spread through trade. Hmm. It's a form of dawah. It's a manifestation of iman. It's not separate. It's not here's my business, here's my Islam. The two are the same, yeah. you know. And I always think that whenever we enter a transaction with someone, something I like to remind myself is that this transaction is going to land with Allah first, before it lands with the person in front of me. So I have to make sure that I have my integrity intact, my put my ihsan in, yeah. and I can account for it in front of Allah. Um, Sometimes you see, I guess, and I've done a lot of research on this. And to be honest, and um, you know, this is not to brushstroke everyone, not at all. But to be honest, in my research, when I was doing market research, when I would mention Muslim businesses to other Muslims, they would almost have this knee-jerk reaction of flinching. Oh God, you know, sort of put their yeah. head in their hands and go, Oh God, yeah. you know, because there's, there's almost this expectation of some substandard service, unprofessionalism you know dishonesty and which just oh it devastates me mm. actually because we should be at the forefront of all these things you know yeah that's sad and yeah i don't know what to say well i think do you know the way the way i look at it is that we should be the change that we want to see inshallah. Yeah. whenever whenever we want to see a change around us you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the quran he will never change the people until they change within themselves first you know, I always say, be the, you know, let's do our best to be an example. And inshallah, uh, it will have impact. And that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And not to shy away of talking about these important issues, because we should step up and demand high ihsan, integrity. Yes. And yes. high morals and ethics apart yes. from one another. Yeah. yeah. I, I want this ummah to be great again and flourishing and thriving and 
where we support one another, where we see each other do well, where we're genuinely invested in each other, inshallah. Because I think we could do amazing things. You know, where are the inventors of today? Where's the, yeah. you know, the get the the change makers? You know, um, I always tell my kids. I always tell them about people of the past. You know, who, you know, had amazing contributions. And um, you know, inshallah, I pray that the next generation really does come up and uh, revives that. Inshallah. Inshallah. And looking back to your journey what is the most surprising experiences you had breakthroughs good memories um there's lots i i would say the happiest experiences that i've had is seeing uh, being able to have women come together and just create an environment where they genuinely champion each other alhamdulillah mm. you know through um, whether it's whether it's group coaching for or the mastermind or whatever it is, just creating groups of women um, and just seeing the genuine love, care, and support they have for each other is beautiful. Alhamdulillah, because we kind of, again, uh, this might sound a bit negative, but you know we generally lack that in our community a little bit. You know that support that, you know, it's kind of people are, you know, feeling that lack of support. So to see that has been alhamdulillah amazing. I would say one of the most surprising experiences that I've had that's been very beneficial, alhamdulillah, is how much I learn from my clients. Mm. You know, um, they inspire me every day, every day. You know, I do see it as a two-way thing, subhanAllah. Um, I, I guess I went in there, you know, when I first started that this is a service I'm providing, and you know, but mashallah, I've learned so much from my clients just from their journeys their struggles how they triumph you know they go on to take action their resilience resourcefulness mm. ideas it's just so inspiring alhamdulillah so i think I, I, that's one of the best parts for me being able to learn from my clients alhamdulillah alhamdulillah uh, to finish off uh, would you like to recommend a book about confidence um can i recommend two books <laughs> yes and hopefully one of those are your book <laughs> Well, to be to be honest, um, brother, my my book is more of a ebook. It's not really. Uh, it's it's quite a short ebook. It's more which you can find on my website. Yeah. But you know, so that's easy for people to find. But I would uh, say, in terms of books that I'm currently reading that I think would be really beneficial for people, the first one is uh, by Ibn Al Qayyim, and it's on the inner dimensions of prayer, and. I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. it's an amazing book, brother. Please go and get it, honestly, because the reason why I think it's linked to confidence is because prayer is one of the most special connections that we can have with Allah. Mm. The best ways that we can connect with Allah. And this book is it really takes you through the prayer. It makes you fall in love with the prayer. It makes it it takes you through each step um, and breaks it down and talks about how you can raise that level of khushu and build that connection with Allah. And when we have a stronger connection with Allah, yeah. you know, our tawakkul will increase. And when our tawakkul increases, so will our confidence. So I think investing in anything that connects you to Allah, one of the best ways is the prayer. Uh, the other way is to know Allah's 99 names. It's, it's really beautiful to do that. Um, the other book that I'm reading that I would really recommend is the Power of Self-Discipline by Brian Tracy. Um, currently reading that at the moment, again, because I love this book. Um, and really, it 
you know, we spoke about earlier about how we own nothing. We own nothing. Nothing belongs to us. The only thing that we own is our choices. That's the only thing that we own. And so having the self-discipline to make the right, right choice moment to moment, when we make those right choices, you know, our self-esteem rises, our self-image rises, and therefore our confidence is generated, you know, at a mm. higher level. Um, so, you know, working on our self-discipline is a great way to build confidence as well. Just, yeah. you know, when you hit those targets and you sort of tick those boxes, oh, I did this today, I did this today. It feels good, right? <laughs> yeah, it does, it does. Yeah, so I would uh, recommend those two books. Mashallah, thank you. And they both sounded very interesting. I'm going to look up for them. Please do. And uh, finally, what is the impact that do you want to leave on the world? In light of your work, what is the impact that you want to leave on the world? Yeah, um, Jazakallah khair for that question. It really got me thinking, alhamdulillah. Part of my work and part of my mission, I would say, is to spread the idea of gratitude to our first and foremost for myself and to my ummah, to our ummah, because mm. the power of gratitude is huge. You know, we know in Islam how much it's spoken about, how much Allah speaks about it, how Allah says, if you are grateful, I will give you more. He doesn't quantify it. He doesn't qualify it. It could be anything and everything. It could be mm. more of what you need right now. You, you know you need. It could be things that are given to you that you don't even know you need, but you need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, subhanAllah. So gratitude. Uh, from Islam, we know is so important, but also in positive psychology, there's so much research being done on the power of gratitude and its impact. Um, mm. You know, it's so far reaching, it takes you beyond yourself. A grateful, and this is a really nice way to look at it, a grateful heart is never choosy when to be grateful. You know, so in difficulties and good times, just having that gratefulness and seeing life through the lens of gratitude gives us perspective, resilience. Um, you know, positive energy, positive outlook, so many things. Um, problems, bigger, big problems reduce. Um, so I think if I can have, in some small way, a mm. part of helping our ummah raise the levels of gratitude, um, shukram I'll be very, very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's powerful. Power of gratitude. And being yeah. grateful, we get so much back in so many different levels. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and your relationship with yourself improves as well. Mm. Because a lot of that negativity, you know, a lot of times when things go wrong, it's not the things that go wrong that creates our low energy or the way we feel. It's actually the negative talk that we then unleash on ourselves that makes us feel really sort of, you know, rock bottom. So just being able to take a grateful outlook in the face of calamities and problems, it's not always easy. Hmm. But this is why raising self-awareness, being able to catch yourself out, yeah. you know, stepping away from pilot mode is important. And, and gratitude is very, very, very powerful. Alhamdulillah. It is. Shazakallah khair for sharing that. What is the best way to get in touch with you or find you? So uh, you can go to my website, which is www.theconfidentmuslimah.com with a h on the end.com yeah. or i'm on facebook as well you can find me on facebook um or you can email hafsa at theconfidentmuslima.com hafsa with a h on the end <laughs> um yeah that's probably the best ways maybe we can put some links in yeah the, in the post yeah. as well yeah 
Sure. I will publish this on Facebook and I will add some links in there and also in, on Instagram too. So no, actually oh. you cannot see links on Instagram, but Facebook uh. definitely I will add the links and the listeners also, inshallah, can check inshallah. up the website that you just mentioned. Yeah, it probably needs a bit of updating, but my contact details are on there. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you about confidence, about your work. I learned a lot from you and it was insightful conversation. Jazakallah khair. It was my pleasure. Jazakallah khair. Yes, I wish you well. May Allah bless you and bless your work. I mean, you too.